This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and for the summer months on the Bobcast, we are taking a trip down memory lane with student-athletes from the past. This week, we chat with the greatest jumper in Bates Athletics history, John Douglas from the class of 1960. That's coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Along with classmate Rudy Smith, John Douglas starred for the Bates men's track and field team in the late 1950s. Bates became a regional powerhouse during his time in Lewiston, at one point defeating 31 opponents in a row over the course of 21 meets between 1957 and 1959. Douglas competed in numerous events for the Bobcats, and his name is still number one in the Bates record books in both the indoor and outdoor long jump, as well as the outdoor triple jump. His indoor record long jump of 25 feet, 0.75 inches, took place during his junior year in 1959 at Madison Square Garden, with Jesse Owens, yes, that Jesse Owens, officiating. Later that same year, representing Bates in the segregated South, he set the program outdoor long jump record of 25 feet, 1.5 inches. Both jumps also established New England records at that time. During Douglas's years as a Bobcat, the men's track and field team won the state championship every year except 1959 when Douglas missed the meet due to injury. After graduating in 1960 with a degree in physics, Douglas went on to have a remarkable career, working for the likes of Lockheed Research Laboratories, Bank of America, and Dole Foods. Then he became a media mogul, starting his own television station and purchasing a number of radio stations as well. Douglas served as a Bates trustee from 1995 to 2000, and he still owns and operates numerous radio stations. And today, John Douglas joins the Bobcast. Go back to when you were in high school. What were you looking for in the college? What made you decide to come up to Maine to go to school at Bates? It was somewhat accidental. Um, I have an older sister who's six years older than I, and uh, she got married. And I was... It going into high school, and, and I remember uh, the wedding and all these guys, they were cool, and, you know, they had their act together, and I said, gee, it's, it's pretty neat. i got to get into college. And um, I found out that uh, she ended up going to Boston University, so you know, I started checking around, and uh, um, I also had a physics teacher, Mrs. Francis, who uh, at the end of the year, she went around the room and asked, okay, you know, what do you want to do, what do you want to do, and so forth, and um, so I told her I want to be an accountant, <laughs> she, she said, oh no, no, she stopped the class, <laughs> no, 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 get that out of your school, you're not going to be an accountant, you're going to be an engineer, what you said. Early and you know, started meeting people. I had a roommate who was also 
of August, beginning of September. And so the weather is beautiful, and and uh, I felt, you know, I can I can handle this. This is uh, it's not over my head. So that what kind of got me up there: the sports part of it, the academic part of it, and just uh, going up to uh, New England, uh, which for me was also a big deal. Um, but uh, really didn't catch on what was going on until I got up there and started getting a lay of the land and getting a feeling as to uh, uh, what the school was like, what the town was like, and so forth and so on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you played, what, one year of football and then after that focused exclusively on track, or how did that kind of go for you? Yeah, I just played the, um, the one year, and uh, as a, an end, the high school I went to was... It was a very good high school um, in Englewood, New Jersey, and in that same town was a Catholic school, and um, <laughs> the former coach of the Catholic school used to be Vince Lombardi, huh. so needless to say, uh, the final game on Turkey Day between the public school and the Catholic school was always a winner, and uh, I remember... Um, playing in that and uh, it was it was it was a fascinating game and uh, I also remember at halftime uh, this guy comes up to me and um, he comes over and shakes my hand and he said you know hey you're doing a good job and during the summers I used to cut grass my dad had a quote unquote landscaping uh, um, situation and I was his <laughs> I was his grass cutter and the guy turned out to be uh, Jim Lee Howell who was the coach of the New York football giants so every weekend I was cutting his grass and didn't really realize it and, and uh, so I introduced him to our coach and our coach almost fainted <laughs> um, but you know that told me that, wow, maybe this is going to be all right. At Bates, what caused you to decide you wanted to focus on track and field, I guess? In physics, um, I also uh, did a lot of um, studying. In fact, I was a, you know, a system lab instructor, so you know, I'd show the students, you know, well, this is this and this is why and so on. And obviously, one of the things that you learn very quickly, you learn all about gravity and, and force and all kinds of things associated. So it didn't take a great genius to figure out the faster you go and the higher you go, the further you go. So that's why I ended up uh, playing around with it. Uh, uh, and we were in the old cage. So the old cage, <laughs> you can only go for so far in a straight line. So... I had to learn how to run down the runway, make a sharp right turn. Didn't have my indicator lights on, but make a sharp right turn and then jump. So it wasn't one of those things where, oh, it's a piece of cake. No, it took some figuring. And, um, but it was also a lot of fun. Walt Savinsky, the coach then, was, was a character in his own. And uh, he could really talk to anyone and, and really make them believe that they were good. So my first 
big meet was um, we were going down to um, the place down in Boston, uh, the gardens there. And so I was running on the relay team. So as a freshman, uh, my first big meet, and, um, and I said, oh, please don't drop the baton, you know, <laughs> all the things that go to your mind. And, uh, and it was, we also had Rudy Smith, who you probably heard about. He was, he yeah. was something. So we had two freshmen, myself and Rudy, and then two seniors. And the crowd just went crazy when we had the thing. And, uh, and I guess... When I passed it off, uh, the next guy did fantastic, and then he passed it off to Rudy, and Rudy just like, wow. You know? So I kept saying, boy, this is all right. I think I'm going to like this place. And um, it, was, it was fun uh, uh, just being my first really big-time meet. You touched on Walt Savinsky. Give me some top, maybe a couple of top stories you remember about Walt that really kind of summarizes who he was as a coach and as a man, in your opinion. <laughs> yeah, Walt uh, is a ex I think he was a Marine or something. He was, he was in the service at some house. And he went to school either, well, I think it was in Syracuse, some one of those schools. So he was, he was one of those guys that uh, was part drill sergeant and part, uh, you know, you can do it no matter what it is. Oh, you can do it. And, uh, and then he'd also, you know, he'd say, I want you to do this. But then he'd get up and try to do it. And, and uh, more than half the time, he would succeed. So he was a great role model. And he also was a lot of fun. Uh, and the trips that we used to take, you know, we, uh, if it was a bigger event, then we all pile into Walt's car. And, uh, <laughs> the bad thing about Walt is, as you're driving along, let's say, on the Jersey on the uh, main turnpike, you know, he'll be turning around talking to you. Like, <laughs> Just follow the road. <laughs> you know? Especially as we got into New York. But uh, he got us there, and uh, and it was also he would tell you about you know some of the athletes we were competing against, and uh, especially when he got to the bigger meets like in Madison Square Garden, uh, the guy I was jumping against was the um, guy who won the Olympics, you know, the last Olympics, and it's kind of like okay, <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be a little tricky, and then. Um, and then also the guy who was doing the measurements in terms of distance was uh, Jesse Owens, who you know, had been a great sprinter and broad jumper back in the days when the Germans uh, had the Olympics. And so just to get to meet him was just, you know, it was drilled out of my mind. And I remember he, at the time he had the world record, too. So um, I figured maybe I could kill two birds with one stone. But uh, I did I fairly well on that. I, I ended up tying for first. But uh, he was he was he was delightful. Obviously, after the meet, I you know I stayed around and talked to him one on one. It was just just a you know it's a thrill that you know you're gonna come down, but 
while you're up there. It's just, yeah, yeah, I like this. And uh, it was also interesting, there was a guy when I was in high school who made the Olympic team in the triple jump, and he used to practice at our high school stadium. And we got to know him, but, you know, hey, he was an Olympian. And that same meet where Jesse Owens was doing the measurements, this guy, George Shaw, was was jumping in the triple jump, but he was jumping in the long jump um, competition. And I beat him, and, and again, that was one of those, I think I better stop while I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was a great, great sensation. If you're an athlete, that's, you know, it kind of drives you on. Wow, this is, this is really something. And that's sort of what happened at Bates. Bates, they give you enough encouragement, and yet you have encouragement to really just figure out, hey, I can do this, or let me try this. And, and uh, so it was a, it was a fantastic uh, area. In fact, one guy, in fact, the German professor here, Bushman, even uh, one day came and said, here, here's a ticket. This is the ticket I used when Jesse Owens set the records and I was in the stadium uh, in Karata. And I said, wow. And so he gave me the ticket and I was like, this is unbelievable. And that was, that was above and beyond the normal Call of Duty so. You know, he ended up knowing everybody and everyone knew you. And so it was a, it was a, it was a good place, super place. And, and Walt was the biggest cheerleader you could possibly have. Well, I know you went to Ruth Slavinsky's 90th birthday party a few years back. Um, so obviously you were very close with that whole family. What was that dynamic like? Oh, it was fantastic. And uh, I remember quite right, I had a, a, a nice present for her. And she, she's just a super nice person. She would clip out and save all the clippings and all that, and you know present them to me on a periodic basis. She always, you know, she's just super. And I guess being married to Walt, you know, you had to you had to be able to handle pressure because Walt was always moving in a fast pace. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Rudy Smith. Uh, you touched on him. Uh, he was known as the, the Fairfield Flash, broke some records. That, uh, he still stand today, and as, as did you. But, I mean, were you two pretty close? I mean, same class, setting records together. What was that relationship like? It was very close, and uh, I enjoyed Rudy because he, too, was not one of those guys that, uh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the baddest guy in New England. No, no, he was down there, went to... Uh, I think it was Fairfield um, High School, and so it wasn't one of the big name places. And you know, going to Bates is not what you call like going to Ohio State or something. No, it's just <laughs> just a small place. But when we both got up there, we found out we both enjoyed track, and uh, and uh, I was amazed at him. He was like unreal, and. Uh, he was still going against uh, a lot of the Olympians. Uh, um, and uh, so, you get, and also, more importantly, you get to know these guys. And I remember getting postcards from a guy who won the decathlon 
the Olympics. And it's just, it's just, uh, it was not just cutthroat, uh, you know, I'll get you any way I can. No, it was sort of like everybody's just having a good time, but, you know, yeah, we're in a competition and we want to do our best, and we will do our best. But um, we're also going to enjoy life. Certainly. Well, I read here Mike Herman, though, NYU, kind of nemesis. Is that right? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a guy who, he, uh, if, if there was a guy I could trip with me, just sprain his ankle or something, <laughs> that would have been wonderful. I do heard the saying, we tied in more events um, in the long jump. And even at Madison Square Garden, you know, you expect, you know, if we tied for first, and it was the first time they used the rule, the second best um, mm-hmm. will be awarded second, where the other person is first. So ended up second in that. And, but uh, Mike was, he was like a decathlon type person. And went to NYU and, uh, and uh, had, you know, he had this, I'm going to win thing. And, um, and yet, uh, he, had, he was a nice guy. And, uh, I used to see him at almost all the big meets. So um, it, was, it, was, it was fun. What was it like competing at Madison Square Garden? I mean, it's the most famous arena in the in the world, right? I mean, what was that experience like? And especially being somewhat close to where you grew up, I suppose, right? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, first of all, I didn't know where Madison Square Garden was. And it was in New York. <laughs> New York's big. <laughs> and, um, and yet, you know, you get the newspapers and, and so on. And um, uh, my mom, who lived in... Penguin, New Jersey, which is just across the uh, Hudson River. Uh, she used to save every article. So um, if there was something in the New York Times or you know, something in, in this paper or that paper. And so uh, it, was, it was definitely, definitely fun. And in fact, I still have it in the orange path. It's, it's this competitor's path. So that allowed you to, to get in on the um, the floor of the uh, of Madison Square Garden. I, I remember looking up, and I think it held, or at least there were about fifteen thousand people there. And I remember seeing these red dots. You know, all these guys smoking cigars, <laughs> and it's like, you know, you had this haze of smoke, and then these red dots all over the place. But that didn't really stop you. It was more important just to be there. And uh, also, you know, your warm-up, uh, you had to think now, I got to really warm up, yet I have to look somewhat cool like I know what I'm doing. And so, uh, you know, you tie a jog and do some stretching and so forth. And, um, and then when it comes time for the meet, for, I used to run hurdles also, high hurdles. And... <laughs> And you look down the line and you say, oh my goodness, this is, this is really, uh, really kind of scary. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It also made you a good competitor, period, you know, no matter what you do. What does it mean to you that your long jump record you set at Bates in, at Madison Square Garden in 1959 still stands today? How cool is that? <laughs> 
was just amazed at his ability. And uh, so what you found out is you, you try to find a niche and you find, try to find a technique that's, you know, you can't patent it, but you can make it so that, okay, this works and let's fine tune this and let's fine tune that. But everybody then knew you. And it was a publication road and track well used to get, which was nationwide. And it would give on a weekly basis who did what, who was in what meets and blah, blah, blah. And that was always fun. It's, you know, you just peek in Walt's office and, and well, you see your name listed, you know, okay, you may not be ranked number one that particular week, but you're always, you're always in the hunt. And, uh, I think even more so is when you start getting uh, papers like the uh, Boston Globe and, and the uh, New York Times and the Washington Post and so on. Um, near sports thing, mentioning your name and, and, uh, and putting something in there. That, that was, that's a thrill. And, uh, it's hard to get over and, uh, it also makes you competitive when you get out of Bates and get into the uh, real world and uh, you, know, you just got to say to yourself, well, <laughs> this is it. This is, uh, this is your equivalent of Madison Square Garden, but it's an office building. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and you go from there. Tell me what it was like competing in the cage with the, with the dirt floor back then. Um, <laughs> big crowds, I understand, right? A lot of people came out to support. What was that like? Yeah, it was, well, first of all, the balcony was the place, and so people would be upstairs on the on the balcony, and, you know, you keep looking up there and saying, you know, I hope that this thing is earthquake-proof, you know? <laughs> 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 it's, uh, you're running underneath that balcony for the most part, at least for uh, half there going around that thing and likewise uh, if you're running the hurdles you, you just it's just diagonal you know and it, it's almost like you're playing baseball because uh, mm. it's a it's a dirt type floor and and uh, I remember I played middle league and um, this was over in Jersey and I, you know, I was on the all-star team in Jersey and we had a chance to play in the polo grounds. Oh, wow. And so that kind of reminded me of the polo grounds. It was dirt. I remember uh, seeing Willie Mays one time. And <laughs> so uh, I kind of knew, or at least, um, the young lady that he was going with. So um, got introduced to him. And, you know, I said, by the way, you know, I remember you such such a game. And, I didn't want to tell her, but I said, you know, you were relaxing and so forth. And like, he said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I used to read the comic books. And I, that's what I thought he was reading. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we started talking about the, the guy who was the umpire and the catcher. It seemed like, you know, they were like the umpire staple. It was so big. And uh, it, was, it was just a lot of fun talking uh, with him and, uh, and you find out that uh, people are down to earth and, uh, you know, and, and very real. We had, um, oh, this was probably definitely one of the highlights.
highlights. Um, uh, there was a guy, maybe named uh, Gene Washington, who was on the um, 49ers, um, and uh, he was tight end, and, and uh, he went to Stanford, and uh, I got to know him somewhat at Stanford. Um, but one day he said, hey, <laughs> uh, can we use your house for a meeting? He said, do we have a whole bunch of folks from out of town coming in? And we don't want to have it necessarily on campus. Um, Bill Walsh was the, the coach, uh, formerly of Stanford and then obviously the 49ers. And uh, he just wants to, you know, we'll have maybe 20 or so, 30 people. And, and he said, don't worry, we'll pick up the tab, you know, have it catered. <laughs> so uh, I said, okay, well, you know, who's going to be there? Well, he said, you know, Bill Walsh, Bill Walsh, the former Super Bowl champion coach, Bill Walsh. And I said, yeah. You know, I said, you know, we'll, we'll have a bunch of cars or a van pull us up. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, you open the door <laughs> there's Bill Walsh and you go to say something and your mouth starts moving but nothing comes out because you're still you know, you know wow <laughs> and uh, what had happened was um, he was trying to help minority coaches and give them pointers on how to get from the uh, either the lower college level or the high school level up to being in the NFL or what have you, and so he didn't hold punches. He was he was uh, he was some playing around, and then they had people who did go on. I remember Tyrone uh, Willingham uh, was there, and mm-hmm. and he, and he eventually went to uh, Notre Dame and was the coach, and then I guess the uh, University of Washington. So that was like. I have a football sitting in my next room where we are now. So if you were out here, that would be the next thing I would show you. Yeah. You got to see this. You know? <laughs> but that's that's the, that's the way really good athletes are. They're just really down to earth, and um, yeah, they they're you know super, but um, they're just uh, nice people, neat people. Going back to Bates a little bit, um, I read in your bio, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently you, you failed your first physics test at Bates, and that, that gave you a bit of a wake-up call. Tell, tell me about the academic adjustment there. <laughs> yeah, I, I decided I was saying, should I unpack or should I keep my stuff packed? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't uh, one of the faster starts, but... Uh, I like 
learning new things, and physics was kind of all of that. So it was good. Excellent. And then, um, so upon graduating from Bates, you went to Howard and and got a master's there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Howard. I went for my master's and got there. And it was nice because I had my own lab there. Mm. And uh, so that, that worked out very nicely. And uh, I remember I had a job offer from uh, Lockheed Research Labs in Palo Alto. And um, <laughs> again, I... I was sophisticated, but wasn't that sophisticated. <laughs> you know, they, they made an offer, and I just immediately said, I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, uh, at the time, you know, it's, uh, getting money like that was like, wow, okay. So, you know, the next stop was, was all the way across country uh, to Palo Alto, and... Uh, um, that was that was like being in a track meet um, because the people you meet, you know, they're they're trying to be the best in their fields and and um, and you got competition up the yin yang and um, and yet it was it was fun because yeah it's competitive but you're learning so much when I was at Lockheed. As good math, I took during summers. I took a uh, advanced calculus course at Columbia, oh. and then at Fairleigh Dickinson, I took a um, differential equations course. So I was I was pretty heavy on the um, on that side. I'm curious, going back to Bates for a moment. So you graduated in 1960. Uh, the Bates student article I found um, talking about you and Rudy Smith, the two athletes of the year that that year. Um, it says that you and Rudy were both possibly going to go to the Olympic trials in California in June. Yeah. Did that yeah. did that end up not happening, or I couldn't find any record of uh, if whether you went or not? So I wanted to, I wanted to ask about that. It it did not happen. It had been planned on happening. We were obviously going to fly out with Walt, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and it was going to be at uh, University of Cal Berkeley, their stadium. That's where all the trials were. And uh, never, never uh, happened. It was a shame because I think, you know, we had a good chance of uh, at least putting a good showing and maybe even making the uh, team. That uh, didn't, didn't happen. Do you know, do you remember why or, I mean, just... No, I'm trying to think of yeah, no worries. something that was, that was fairly... Really important, but uh, I'm not sure what it was. Um, because graduation went off, you know, without any hitches or anything. But um, maybe, maybe it was associated with with graduation. Because mm. um, I can remember, God, like a day or two before the graduation ceremony. Um, the dean of faculty came up to me <laughs> said, John, uh, I want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, what can you want? And uh, turns out I had the highest score on the uh, on the exam on those same views use for uh, getting into grad school. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, the, math, the math part, I just, you know, mm. I was getting to be really good at that, so. 
golf course was outside of Bates in Mass. It was perfect. Um, and uh, so that was, yeah, that was my, that was close because we were, they approved it and said, yeah, I definitely can go. And I was, it was all set. And uh, then, um, oh, we also had one other meet um, down in, uh, in at Quantico, Quantico right. Relays. And that was that was also good because uh, that was my first time in the South, in the segregated South, and uh, mm. but yet that was they had a one guy pick me up at the airport. He flew into Washington, and uh, he had on his dress uniform, and remember he was he had been shuttling athletes back and forth, and uh, so he was beat and. And uh, that was, 
first recommendation turned out to be to, to sell Lockheed stock. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it turned out to be a beautiful recommendation. And, uh, and uh, so all of a sudden word spread the financial district in greater San Francisco is not that big. So uh, I had a lot of offers, and I remember mutual fund asked me to come over, and they were willing to double my salary. And I'm like, well, see, I can be packed in about 10 minutes, and I can leave. And so I went with a mutual fund, and uh, again, it was the competitive thing, and that's one thing I liked about the stock market in, in general and uh, what have you is very competitive. So many parts of your career, you went from Silicon Valley to Wall Street to radio, uh, to television, to radio, back to TV, all these... Food company. Yeah, a food company, right, all these varied experiences. How do you feel like maybe Bates prepared you for, I mean, I bet you didn't have any idea you'd have this type of career graduating, you know, when you did there in 1960, but how do you feel like Bates prepared you for all this? Well, Bates, as you know, it's a liberal arts school, and it teaches you how to think, and also, just as important as to how to meet people, how to interact, how to um, uh, be able to come face-to-face with situations which are strange to you, but... You know, they had to start somewhere and look at where they are now and that kind of stuff. So, uh, liberal arts school is, is great. Um, my son um, graduated from, from Berkeley and um, he majored in Russian. Mm. <laughs> okay. And yet, you know, he, he helped out on, on the, what we're doing here in the, in the radio side. But, uh, uh, you, you never know where it's going to take you, and that's why Bates and schools like Bates, Bowdoin, the whole Tufts, are good liberal arts schools, and uh, really prepare you more than you think. Um, and it gets to the point where you're actually looking for the challenge, and uh, you're excited when you do get the challenge, and then you you, you, you know, you make it happen. I remember my first big deal was buying the uh, the radio stations, and uh, we got Prudential to finance it for us, and it was at twenty five million. And I remember the closing because you know. You don't realize it, but your hands are sweaty, and, <laughs> and, uh, and visions of okay, I wonder when the next flight to um, the Bahamas is or something. <laughs> but you 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 get this trembling figure like you're in a race, and you can see the tape, and all I have to do is just lean in and it'll flow, and then I'll be in first, and you know, and that's exactly how it is. Awesome. Well, I guess any other thoughts you wanted to share about your time at Bates we haven't gotten to talk about? I know the main state meet was a big deal. It still is a big deal, but you got to compete against the University of Maine and stuff like that, But and, and the rivals in the area. Do you have recollections of those meets also? Uh, yeah, I remember it, 
because typically that was when um, you know you had to perform your best. Um, and I remember one in particular. It was for some reason it was fairly early in the season in the uh, in the start of the track season. And that was one which I was jumping, and I jumped, and I landed in the pit, and they, the pit wasn't really dug up. And so it was hard, almost like an ice. And that's when I hurt my mm. knee, and that's when I couldn't go to the Olympic trials um, because of uh, <laughs> that one jump. So... Uh, yeah, I remember the, the track meets and um, you just have to, again, things happen. And sometimes you just have to, you know, shake them off. And sometimes things happen for a reason. And uh, um, you have to make the best out of them. So, so the Olympic trials, it was because you were battling an injury. Yeah, 19... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was definitely one in which I was going to at least try to make the team and felt I had a halfway decent shot at uh, making the team. I did want to go back to Rudy Smith real quick. What was it like watching him run? Because I feel like I've heard stories like from uh, um, reading about how he, he was just incredible. Like, what was it like for you watching him go? It's a great, it's almost like a fraternity thing, a fraternity. 
I think that's pretty much it, unless you wanted anything else more about Walt Slavinsky that we haven't talked about, because I know, I mean, he's such such a famous name around here, the track's named after him. I, I, I have heard, I've heard many stories about his driving, and his driving was not great, but <laughs> you mentioned that, but like, anything else about Walt you want to talk about? <laughs> time on the Bates Bobcast. We'll interview another Bobcat from days gone by who made a huge impact at Bates. Find out who next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates,